All right, Jeff, hope you got something over there because I got something I'm going to go through that I may I may go off on a rant. Now, maybe the next podcast, I don't know if I have to do it, this first one or not, but I'm loaded, I'm telling you. Yeah, I've got a bunch of stuff. I'm kind of debating on the same thing. Do we do the first podcast or the second podcast? Well, so I know, I know how to start out the first one, I think. All I'll right. start out because I, I, I figured out what your problem is, Roger. I know yeah. what your problem is. Yeah, I only so. got one. Well, that's reassuring, Thank you actually. for listening to the Fields Brothers Show. Well, welcome to the Fields Brothers Show podcast. <clears throat> I am Jeff Fields, the one clearing my throat. Uh, Roger's got a little bit of a cough, so uh, maybe a cough or two or a clear, throat clearing in this podcast. But we're glad you're, that you have joined us this morning or today or evening or whatever time it is when you're listening. We enjoy getting together here in Central Kentucky at Roger's Place and talking about the grace of God and what is revealed to us by the Holy Spirit of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. It, it is good news. It is nothing but good news. So, Roger, before I share with you what your problem is, do you have anything you want to say preemptively? or? Uh, well, you anything? know, I don't know if I'll talk about this this podcast or not, but I, I, and this is not my – I mean, I, I'm really ready to go through a, a, a rant. But anyway, I, I may hold off on that. But I did complete – I guess you know, but I got I graduated from the Civilians Police Academy in Nicholasville. Do you get something? you get a ribbon or a oh, certificate or something or a, a badge? Ceremony. Do you I have got, a badge? They didn't give us a badge. We, we all wanted a badge and a gun, but they would, they weren't about to do that. I think that's wise but, of them. But they uh, we got they have a ceremony. They called me up, they called us up there. We got a certificate, and they gave us a coin. It was really cool. <clears throat> How many and, were in the class? Twenty five. Okay. So anyway, and I'll talk more about this maybe in another podcast. But it was an, an incredible experience. I have deep respect and love for the Nicholasville Police Department. Good. Glad and, you're uh, able to do boy, that. what an eye opener. Well, you know, I think some of our better podcasts start out when one of us says to the other, I know what your problem is. You know, we've had several podcasts that start out that Do way. Do I ever okay, you have done that. You have done that. Well, Jeff, I know what your problem okay, is. Okay, yeah, maybe that. I have. All and right, and right. I think I've done that too. So I've, I've, I've got a new favorite Christian musical artist. Okay. That I think I'd vaguely heard about, but didn't know much about him. I'm guessing you are not familiar with him, but he's got a song that just nails it. Okay. Nail, nails it for you <laughs> okay. and so uh, let me find it here, oh boy, here um go. see roger your problem is you're just one shaba short of a breakthrough one shaba you're one shaba s-h-a-b-b-a you're one shaba short of a breakthrough see that's the problem i don't know what a shaba <laughs> is well that's the problem i'm but not you're, 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 you say i'm one shaba <clears throat> short well i don't have i might be 50 shabas well, short i don't even i don't know if i have any shabas so the um the artist um is Godfried Bertle. You ever heard of Godfried Bertle? Let me think. I would probably have remembered that name. But no, I have Yeah, not. he's from the UK, which is United Kingdom, not University of Kentucky. Right, so we, we need to, to clarify that around ourselves. here. Yeah. He's from somewhere, England, I assume, somewhere over there. Uh, Godfried Bertle. He's about our age, or probably, probably a couple years older than you. Evidently, he was, um, or is, has been and is well-known in Christian music circles in England. But he has a great song. I'm going to link it sometime to Facebook. But it starts out, um, th this is the first verse. Are you one Shabbat short of a breakthrough? Are your prophetic warrings getting boring? Are you one Shabbat short of a breakthrough? Then he goes, did a donut ruin your 50-day fast or 40-day fast? Did, and you just realize that those extending meetings can't last. And so basically it's a song he just stands on a platform. He just wearing a. It's, there's a YouTube video. He's just wearing a T-shirt, him and a guitar in front of a small group, and it's kind of a folksy type of thing. 
And then the chorus is, well, you, well, don't forget to enter the rest. You've heard the gospel message. You've been blessed bountifully. You've already got all that's worth getting. And it's, it's a song that kind of mocks the idea that you don't have enough. And he has an incredible testimony that he was well-known. He was well-known in Christian music circles and in praise and worship, and I think kind of more of a charismatic bent of that. And he was well into his 40s. And when he heard the grace message, when the grace said he and his wife both kind of that kind of wrecks everything. Well, it, it, it mean, kind of know. he and his wife both kind of woke up to the grace message, and he said he realized almost instantly he realized that ninety eight percent of his music made no sense. Yeah, I mean, what do you do at yeah. that point when you're when your career? Is, I want to read just some more of the lines though. Here, one of the other verses: Are you one pow short of the power? That may be your problem, Roger. Just one drop of oil short of the anointing. You, know, you almost have the anointing, Roger, but just one I'm drop like, short. I'm like six or eight drops. Are, are you one spark short of the fire? <clears throat> and then and then he has a little bridge part. There's a come, 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 come and get nothing. You know, he kind of mocks the altar call uh-huh. type of thing. Yep. You know you need it. Come and receive it. Come, 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 come and get nothing. You've already got everything you need in Christ Jesus. And so, you know, that course again, well, don't forget to enter the rest you who've heard the gospel message, you have been bountifully blessed. You already got all that's worth getting. It's a great song. I love that. Now, what's the <clears throat> tell me, what's the Shaba thing? I'm still confused. I think that's speaking in tongues. I think that's kind of a, oh, a phrase from speaking in tongues. You, Shabba, obvi- you obviously don't know much about okay, speaking in tongues. Shabba, okay, okay. So you're one Shaba short of a breakthrough. But th- there is, whether it's from a charismatic bent or kind of the more, you know, we, we grew up, you know, not really in those circles. That's safe yeah. to say. But whether it's that or some other bent, there's always a tendency that you, you're you lacking something. Oh, yeah. There, there's the subtle or sometimes not so subtle teaching that you, you're, just, you're, you're just a little bit short of what you need. There's something that you need that you don't have. And whether it's a charismatic experience or whether it's an intellectual oh, yeah. understanding or, you know, but I just, and he is really funny when he, the he way just he tried a little harder. That's all. Yeah. He all comes down to just, you got to break through yeah. type of thing, which that is so different from just waking up and realizing we have already been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We have all things we need for life and godliness. And that, that is significant. So I will share that sometime on Facebook for those who, uh, that would be good. I would find me on that. Facebook. So it's but a song, if, huh? uh, it's a song and he has other, uh, that he has other really good songs that are, that are more serious, but, uh, Godfrey Bertel, B I R T I L L. And you will enjoy him. One of my favorite, my new favorite Christian music artist. Um, I, I kind of got into it this week with um, a, a believer's <clears throat> a, a pastor, local pastor is pretty well known. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just, I'm very naive. I just think everybody, I guess, by now has read our book. Everybody mm-hmm. already listens, listens to our podcast or Andrew Farley. Or and we Farley's. have already cleared and up all I, blindness and know, darkness in central it, Kentucky. It, yeah, I, you know, have you ever heard of the term, it, the uh, curse of knowledge? Curse yeah. of knowledge Basically, I don't forget who coined this, but it basically means once you understand something, you know, fairly well, it's hard at some point, it's hard to put yourself in the place of somebody who doesn't understand it. Yeah. Now, this happens at UK, it, uh, it happens, you meet UK, particularly in math class and calculus. You know, you get these calculus professors who understand math so well, they could no longer grasp the fact that you can't understand their algorithms and all this. And so a lot of times the interns become way better teachers than the professors, mm-hmm. yeah. the doctorates of math. And a lot of it's like that, I think, with, with faith. And maybe so much with, with me where I just kind of feel like I can't believe people still don't get this. 
And, you know, I, I responded to some, you know, I, I there's every, pastors are always making these statements on Facebook about how, you know, you're not, are you really a fully devoted and just, you know, real kind of over the top, um, really shaming uh, mm-hmm. of Christians. And I, I, I chimed in, I said, you know, what's the, where's the gospel in this? Well, you know, that lit it up. So then I get, you know, well, you know. So I, I'm just I'm just amazed that people seem to have, Christians just give a glancing nod to the cross, to the crucifixion mm-hmm. um, and the resurrection, but particularly the crucifixion. Passing, it is, it is not factor into what they believe. It is stunning to me. Yeah, we, we talk about more than we have lately, but it, it's as if the cross never happened. It's like it never <clears> happened. <throat> And so, you know, that's the day. Let me recap a couple things. It's been a while since we've done this, okay? Um, I mean, that's the day that an earthquake hit, the sky went dark, great tombs opened up, and it says saints walked around. That's the day God reached out and ripped in half this wall of animal skins. It was seven layers thick in the temple that separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple, ripped it in two. That's the day that Jesus crucified. Now, first of all, and I believe that's what it's talking about, and we'll go into it maybe some other time, in Psalm 118 where it says, this is the day the Lord has made. That's not talking about every day of the week, thirty, mm-hmm. you know, every day of the month. It's talking about a specific day where Jesus became the cornerstone. And that's the day God made. Quote Everything. From, quote I, from Psalm 118. Dean, I think it is, yeah, where it's a messianic portion right, there, right. yeah. and Right. And so that's the day. People just do not believe that. They do not mm-hmm. believe there's any difference between life before Jesus paid for our redemption with his blood and then resurrected and afterwards. And you, it, it's just amazing that you just can't see. It's like, what, what was the message? I mean, here's, here's what you got. Okay, so you got this wild day. I mean, it's, like, it's like rattle off for me a list of other days that were similar hmm. to this, where you have an earthquake and an eclipse of the sun at the same time. You have people getting out of tombs, walking yeah. around, and the a temple veil gets ripped. You, know, you have some, maybe a, some kind of a religious sanctuary or some kind somewhere that just gets destroyed all in one day. And it happens to be the day when yeah. Jerusalem is overrun with crowds of people. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the busiest day that's of the great, year. That's a great yeah. point. And Jesus was back. So rattle off a, a list of other days that were like that. Well, there is no other day like that. So then you get the, I'm sure the Romans thought, boy, I hope we got this tamp down now. I mean, that was a mm-hmm. wild, even the centurion said, this must have been the son of God. I mean, they, they yeah. were, everybody's blown away. But now we got Jesus dead. So we put him in a tomb. Okay, this thing hopefully will blow over now. Well, three days later, guess what? Nobody's in the tomb. He's gone. There's <laughs> people everywhere are talking about how they've seen him alive. There's testimonies there. He is out and about. And all of a sudden, this thing takes off, this movement. Now, it did kind of bog down a little bit in Jerusalem, but then eventually took off and went everywhere. And wasn't too long afterwards, it was pretty much, pretty much sweeping the globe. And what was it that swept the globe? Because it wasn't until 1439 that we printed our first Bible. It wasn't like Zondervan was on the scene yeah. back in Galilee <laughs> when Jesus resurrected, passing out Bibles to people. What was it? It was a story. The news, of the, event. the news of the resurrection. It was the, the good resurrection. news of yeah. the gospel that yeah. did everything. And you just, you know, it's, it's like people get said, but people say, well, Roger, 
So what, what about your discipleship? Is that what they sound like? When yeah, they say pretty it? much to me they do. Hey, what about your discipleship? Their discipleship is not in the Bible, number one. Number two, everybody in Acts, when they became a believer, became a disciple. And Jesus says, go out and baptize the disciples. In other words, that wrecks the whole the whole sequence right there. You know, yeah. we think we kind of get become a believer. Uh, we get you baptized, then we grow you into the disciple, which means we're going to pound you with our religious obligations to get to you to be what you, we want you to be. But there, you know, you're already a disciple, so just get baptized. So anyway, this is not a thing about baptism, but it's just a thing that that, that that throws off the whole sequence, the way Jesus explained that. Now, so what you've got is, you, you've got the fact that, that, you know, so, okay, let me back up one more time. You see, you've got, you know, Jesus resurrect. He, he pays for everything. Pays for redemption, resurrect, and there's no Bibles. There's no Zondervan cranking out, you know, New Testaments or complete Bibles. Nothing. So, guess what they did, Jeff? This is just, I mean, how backwards could they be? They actually believed, Jeff, that hmm. Jesus was still alive, and the Holy Spirit could actually guide them, teach them, and empower them. I mean, how you know? Yeah. Don't you feel sorry that they did not have our discipleship programs? They did not have our in-depth Bible studies. I mean, all they had, poor people, all they had was the good news of the gospel, what God had done for them. They didn't see Jesus from the flesh anymore. They weren't all about just dissecting everything he said. Um, when he was there in the flesh, he says they, they don't see him that way anymore. The Bible says they saw him as the resurrected Lord who's still alive. That's what they had. That's all they had. Now, some of them then began to get a letter or two from Paul mm-hmm. explaining, hey, you know, this is how this works. This is what your redemption means. And through this, you really need to treat people well because we are all in this thing together. And I just, you know, to, to give you to believe that just, you know, is such an uphill battle that this thing is done. Redemption is paid for. It is done. You receive this. And we don't have to go around, you know, with this whole thing, well, a true Christian, you know, you know, a real Christian does that, you know. Get all that stuff. It's not about you. It is about Jesus and what he's done for you. All right. I, I, that's about half my rant, but go ahead. Well, I mean, various things. I don't know if I can remember the things that went through my mind as you were talking. I mean, I mean, part of this is there's definitely a blindness. You can talk about the, the, the curse of knowledge and, and blindness. You know, when you're blind, you don't know that you're blind. You know, so it kind of works the other way around in, in that way. But you know, at one time we were right there as well. Oh yeah, I got I mean, and again, yep. and and I'm and I'm, yep. I say this a lot, but I'm, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm coming to realize things now. I think that I didn't see just three, four, or five years ago, and and I'm sure there'll be things five or ten years from now that oh, that look back. So know, it's not like you know we're all on a journey in that. Um, but okay, but but <clears throat> I agree. We're always learning, and we always look back, mm-hmm. even a few months, and say, "Well, I didn't say that very well. Yeah. I didn't, didn't see that very clearly." But at least we kind of have an idea, maybe, yeah. that what Jesus did on the cross matters. And, and a lot it, of people, it just doesn't matter. It's like it happened. We give a nod to it. It, it was. It, we believe it. It's, but it doesn't really matter. That's what. That's what Christianity has come to. Yeah. And it's you know, I think it's ignorance. Um, that that leads to that. Also, the other thing that comes into play, unfortunately, is it tends to be promoted mostly by people who are depending on that for either their prestige or their income. I mean, when you, I mean, religion needs people falling short. You know, they're talking about yeah. one shabba short. Religion needs people to be one shabba short point. because you need me. See, Roger, you'll need me if you're if you feel like you're one shabba short of a breakthrough. Mm-hmm. You need me to help you 
fill the gap. Right. And, and you look to someone that you don't think is short. You look to some preacher that really seems to have it together, some author, some singer, and, and you're going to get what you need well, you know from what it them. Is. It's it, that's the way consumerism works. Yeah. You yeah. know, when you have an advertisement, basically they say, well, you don't have this. You need this. Yeah. And so you need to buy this because your life is not complete without this. And this would make your life better. And this is what you need. So you create the need. Right. And then you feel the need. And you got to keep, what, the, keep right. the awareness of the need going. Right. Right. I mean, it is scary as I'll get out for, for the average preacher to come to the realization of grace and to start teaching that because he's going to be free. Free, afraid everybody's not going to need him anymore. Yeah, people are going to stop coming. People yeah. are going to stop giving, and his income is threatened. And I remember Wayne Jacobson years ago said, "You know, when when your income depends on you not seeing something, it is really hard to see it. Yeah. So yeah. when your income depends on you not seeing something, it is really hard to see it. Yeah. And, and that's true. Well, and it's like let me give you one more little piece of my rant here. Okay, can I do that? Are we going to? We talked about an email that you received. Do you want to save that for another podcast? Yeah, let's do it for the bring, next podcast. Okay, okay, okay. is that All okay? Right. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, is it relates to some of this? Yeah, I know it does. <clears throat> it does. We might. Yeah. Here's the other thing that's hard to get people to understand. You know, when they all here's the two things they always come back to me. What about your discipleship? Then the other one that I hate the most. Well, you just believe in cheap grace. Yeah, cheap grace, Roger. Greasy Thank you, grace. Diedrich Bonhoeffer, for that term. You know, <laughs> cheap grace. Well, you know what? Here's what my <clears throat> no, I don't believe. I believe in free grace. Cheap is when okay, something that costs a hundred dollars is on sale and you can get mm-hmm. it for nineteen ninety five. That's cheap. When they give it to you for free, that's different. Mm-hmm. That's better than cheap. Free. Now, how many times, Jeff, does the Bible have to say this, that this is all free? Now, let me give you a couple scriptures here, okay? Romans chapter 5, verse 15 through 17, but the free gift is not like the trespass. It is the free gift of grace. Four times, three verses, free gift. Free, one, two, maybe five times. Five times in three verses. The free gift, free gift. The way, then, then you get down to Romans 6, 23. We all know this scripture, the ways of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I love Andrew Farley's comment, the ways of sin is death, Jesus died, do the math and celebrate. Mm-hmm. And then you get down to First uh, Corinthians, two more, First Corinthians 12, uh, 2, verse 12, where it says the Holy Spirit is given to us to do what? Beat us up with our sin every day, Jeff, and remind that, you of how badly you, you're, you're doing, that's all the verse your I'm, flaws. That's the verse I've been looking for you since know, you started this. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 2.12, but he, the Holy Spirit shows us the things that God has freely given to us. I mean, how, how clear can it be? Free. And, and then one more. Okay, okay one okay. more, then, then jump in. <clears throat> the, like the fourth to last verse in the entire Bible is in the end of Revelation. The Spirit and the bride say, come, let he who hears say, come, let the one who is thirsty come, let he who desires to take of the water of life without price. Some translations mm-hmm. say freely. Free. But somehow or another, we don't want that. We can't handle that. We can't handle that. the fact it's all paid for already, period. This just, just is too much for us. All right, well, then I was already headed toward that verse in First Corinthians 2 uh, that you mentioned, uh, 12. Now we receive not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is. I mean, that's that part's interesting. Not the spirit of the world. It's, right. it's, the, it's the spirit of the world that says you lack something. Right. You don't have what you need. Right. And there's a lot of sermons that are filled with the spirit of the world oh, yeah. in that sense. Yeah. I mean, if it's not grace, if it's not the good news of Jesus Christ and the finished work, then it's the spirit of the world. But this goes on and says, but the spirit who is from God that he might understand that we might understand the things freely given to us to God. You, you emphasize the word freely and rightfully. So I want to emphasize the word given past tense. Yeah. Freely 
given us. It's not, you know, it's not, okay, here's are the things that God will freely give you if you do this, this, and this. Well, that doesn't make sense. Right. You know, if I have to do this, this, and this, then it's not free. But they had, and it is, we've talked about it before. The idea of news is that it's something that has already happened. I, I read, um, or another quote I read the other day, faith is not a decision. It's a discovery of how, of, of what is known how and how known, valued, and loved you are. That's great. Um, it's a discovery. I really like so that. So this is uh, Francois de Toit. I hope yeah. I'm saying that right, from South Africa. Faith is not a decision. It is a discovery of how known, value, and loved you are. And he goes on, the love of God realized awakens belief. Faith is not blind, neither is it unconscious. Faith knows and sees in a greater context than our dwarfed perceptions. We have dwarfed perceptions. And faith is is an astonishment it's, yeah. it's it's an awakening that we it's a discovery of how known valued and loved you are and all that has already been freely given to us and, right. and i think that's been true our entire lives right. it's just we don't know it and then religion piles on that the good news of what has been done and what we've done instead of that We've got this term I've used a while back, but haven't reused it recently. We have this Franken gospel, this hodgepodge of a little bit of grace, a little bit of discipleship, mm-hmm. a little bit of religious obligations, a little bit of you just got to do a little bit better, a little bit of you got to, you got to, you got to, you got to, you got to. And that's what we come up with. And we've substituted the discovery of a of, of something that's already been offered to us and is offered to us. We've we brush that aside typically in you know mainline churches for this franken gospel that's just a mess of all kinds of stuff yeah i mean the gospel is another quote gospel is good news before we know it right you know it, it doesn't become good you know it doesn't become real because we know you know news by definition you know if i said okay um you know so and so won the ball game yesterday well now you know it but it already happened. Right. You just know it now. Well, that, you know, that was what the term they used to always give us, the definition of the gospel, was when they would go to a, a town would go to battle, and they would want to hear what happened mm-hmm. in the battle, and they would send somebody back on a horse to announce, particularly if they won, they would come back and announce that, hey, we won the battle. We're good. So it was an announcement of what had already taken place. That is, by definition, what the gospel is. And uh, I read this, too. I thought this was pretty good. That and Because you know, you know, if we're not careful, we can turn faith into a work itself. Okay. Oh, I've seen that. that. And and the the quote I heard was, "Do we believe that Jesus died for me? If I believe that He died for me, mm-hmm. you think about that. I mean, that's kind of more of a Western type of, you know, religious type of thought. Do we believe that Jesus died for me? If I believe He died for me, it's kind of like if I don't believe He died for me, then He didn't die for me. Yeah. But if I do believe He died for me, well, that doesn't make any right. sense. He, he died for you. So you, you know, that's you that's the good. So faith doesn't create what's not there, you know, or what what becomes there. It, it sees what is already there. The good news of that. So well. I tell you what, I think um, I just don't. You know, I assume so much. I assume that by now everybody gets the gospel, and apparently they don't. But that's pe- people will sense that. I think. I mean, that's the encouraging thing about talking people because I, I believe they do have something of Christ in them that can pick that up and register. But when it's couched in a religious term, when it's couched in "here's what you need to do," that receptor in them doesn't no. register. It's no. the pure gospel of grace that causes it to to be registered in them. Let me, let me close out with a verse here, okay? This is 1 okay. Peter 1. Uh, this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as gold or silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, 
a lamb without blemish or defect. From the empty way of life. I like that phrase. That's what it is without the gospel. Yep. 